Hello and welcome to the Analysis Mason podcast. My name is Tom Robeck and I'm here with Catherine Hammond and Ibrahim Kasaji. Today we're going to be talking through our 2023 predictions for the business services and IoT market. Now 2023 looks like it's going to be a difficult year um, in many ways, obviously high inflation, high interest rates and low economic growth that are probably going to impact spend on, on lots of services including telecom services. But having said that, we do still see some bright spots and areas of opportunity for, for operators. And we'll talk through some of those in this in this podcast. So, Catherine, I'll start with you and your business services predictions. So starting with the SASE and your expectations for the, the SASE market in 2023. Yeah, thanks, Tom. So, yes, yeah, so in terms of business services, we've put together some predictions around uh, some of the key services that, that operators are looking to drive revenue growth from. And as you say, the first of those is around SASE. And we're expecting businesses to spend close to $5 billion uh, on SASE solutions in 2023. So, so SASE brings together SD1 and it brings together cloud security into a kind of single integrated solution. And both of those uh, markets, the SD1 market and the cloud security, are uh, individually growing quite strongly. Uh, so SD1's already deployed, we think, at around 3.5 million business sites worldwide, and that continues to increase. And then on, on the cloud security side, we uh, are aware that there's a lot of demand for businesses from secure access to the cloud and, and some of the components of that cloud security, such as Secure Web Gateway, growing very, very strongly. So Zscaler, for example, leading player in that Secure Web Gateway market, grew its revenues by more than 50%, it reported uh, to the mid-year last year. So both component markets growing strongly and together the SASE that brings that together, we think will account for more and more of that spend as businesses look for integrated solutions. So um, as I say, almost $5 billion in 2023, which is more than a 50% increase on, on what we've seen in, in 2022. Okay, great. Um, and I should add, there's obviously we'll put the link to the article in in the show notes. And from there, there's lots of other things that we've done. Uh, there are lots of other links to articles that we've written, including our forecast for 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 SASE, for the SASE market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so that's SASE. And then uh, the next area that we we've thought about is five uh, G fixed wireless. Uh, and we see many operators rolling this out as part of their 5G strategy now. Uh, and I think in terms of business connections, um, fixed wireless business connections account for probably a, a disproportionately large share of, of overall connections if we think about how many business sites there are versus how many households there are. Um, so in the US, it's quite extreme, just over 40% of, of Verizon's fixed wireless access customers are businesses at the moment. That is declining a little bit as consumer demand picks up as well. But you can see that business is a, is a really important aspect of this services. Now, in some countries like the US, there's quite a, a big role for fixed wireless, both in extending rural coverage and also providing uh, a nationwide ubiquitous kind of coverage that, that will be quite important for big enterprises. But more generally, we, we see, uh, you know, our prediction around 5G fixed wireless is that we'll, we'll play an important role, but that role will be limited in terms of connectivity around specific use cases for our business sites. Uh, so things like temporary sites, things like small branches, things like remote working that can be provisioned across uh, all, all of workers wherever they are. Th those will be important use cases uh, rather than fixed wireless beating fibre on a like-for-like basis. Yeah, I mean, I think we see it as kind of an interesting niche opportunity rather than anything bigger than that. And maybe it feels like there's been a sort of disproportionate amount of attention on fixed wireless access because it's doing reasonably well in, in the US. But US has quite a, the set of conditions in the US is very different from anywhere else. And even in the US, if you look at it as a percentage of actual connections, it's still pretty small, right? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we're only talking like six, seven percent of business connections in total. Um, so, so it's it's important, but it's not nothing like as important as fiber. Yeah. Okay. Should we go to the the next prediction about um, talking about Microsoft Teams? Yeah, so we think about the unified comms market. Uh, we've seen Microsoft Teams grow to become uh, quite a dominant player in this market, and we expect that to uh, increase further in 2023. Uh, so um, if you look at the growth in the number of customers taking PSTN solutions alongside their teams, that's been driven to, to rapid growth through things like Operator Connect that were launched in 2021 and Teams Phone Mobile, which is now coming on stream. Uh, and actually, just this week, um, Microsoft reported it had added 5 million PSTN seats in 2022 um, to Teams, and we would expect that to grow uh, even more rapidly in, in 2023. Uh, and outpace, important, what's important here is also it's outpacing growth of other vendors and, and other solutions. Microsoft really does seem to be coming the, the, the default option around the, the UC market. So it's really important for operators to continue to develop their Microsoft capabilities. We, we've seen a lot of that activity already through things like M&A, but it's important for them to continue to do that in, in 2023. Yeah, and it probably raises sort of interesting or difficult questions for operators who have invested with other vendors with, with RingCentral or working with Zoom or even some have got their own solutions, just, just given the dominance of, of Microsoft Teams. Yeah, that's right. And even players like Ring Central and Zoom, um, Ring Central especially, are, are working on their own integrations with Teams. So you know there is a you know a whole unified experience coming coming online. Uh, but but Teams seems to be at the real heart of that. Okay, good. Um, and then if we move to the final one in the business services section about cloud compute. Yes, so um, we've seen a a lot of growth uh, in terms of uh, multi-cloud and and hybrid solutions. And what we're predicting for for 2023 is that in terms of operators' customers, uh, we'd expect more of their cloud compute customers to be taking multi-cloud and hybrid services in 2023. Um, So we conducted a survey last year um, asking operators about what their customers were buying from them at the moment. And just over a quarter said that that uh, most of their customers were already taking multi-cloud but actually almost all the operators we spoke to reported that that share is growing over time uh, so so we see businesses reluctant to have a single public cloud platform um, we see new solutions coming in around data sovereignty um, and and we see you know businesses wanting to keep certain applications still on, on on-prem solutions so that leads to growth for multi-cloud and it leads to growth for hybrid cloud moving forward. Um, and, and operators are, are already seeing that, but we think they'll see more of it in 2023. Yeah, and so I guess important for operators to support that, which I think mostly they are, mm. right? They're supporting yeah. multiple, multiple yeah, different clients. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay, very good. Thank you, Catherine. Um, Ibrahim, over to you, and we'll talk about IoT private networks. So starting with 5G IoT, something that's been pretty slow to emerge, but you're expecting to see more of it this year. Yeah, that's right. So um, I think we should start with the distinction of, of 5G IoT on the public network as opposed to the private network, because all the activity in the 5G IoT space has been in the private dedicated network space. Uh, in industrial sectors uh, like manufacturing and transport, where there's lots going on, um, quite a lot of it is trials and proof of concepts. But we're also seeing quite a few commercial 5G deployments on the private networks. When it comes to the public network, it's a different story. And uh, 5G IoT activity has been very muted. Yeah, there's a few reasons for that. Firstly, um, I, for 5G in the wide area, 
uh, you know, coverage is very important and, and 5G coverage is uh, still being developed. And we're also hearing a lot about device av- availability or, or lack of av- availability for 5G devices uh, and 5G uh, IoT modules. And, and that has limited the take up uh, of 5G IoT so far. Having said that, we are starting to see some activity and most of it is coming from the automotive sector. So the automotive sector has has always been one of the biggest uh, IoT verticals and, and, and it's driven quite a lot of the developments in IoT. And we're starting to see some large uh, automotive car manufacturers uh, sign contracts for, for 5G connectivity into new cars. So AT&T signed a deal with Ford, uh, which will come into Ford 2023 models. Uh, GM and Solantis have deals coming in from 2024. But we will see uh, uh, kind of 5G connected cars come to market in 2023. And the use case initially for these, it seems to be connecting consumers themselves. So turning the, the car into a, a, a sort of 5G Wi-Fi hotspot so you can connect uh, and make calls and and. Uh, messages and so on um, in the car, you know, hands-free, uh, and also in-car entertainment. So you can you can stream Netflix in in the back of your car and so on. Okay, so we will see some some yeah, sort of five G IoT, uh, but it, it's sort of happening eventually. But in terms of the use cases, we're still talking about fairly standard mobile broadband use cases. Yeah, and, and some of the more interesting stuff like uh, you know autonomous vehicles and vehicle-to-vehicle communications, it's still going to be some year some years away. It's going to rely on five um, G standalone, and 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 that's going to take a while to build out. So we shouldn't expect any of those uh, in the immediate future. But yeah, some of those more simple use cases uh, in car entertainment uh, and o- over-the-air software updates is another one. That's where we'll see IoT five G in automotive in, in the next couple of years at least. Yeah, so it's not that different from what we've seen with 4G, really. Yeah. Um, Should we go to private networks next? Yeah, so there's been lots of interest and activity in private networks. um, And uh, I think a lot of people in the telecoms industry see it as as quite a nice story of of showcasing 5G in action. But if we look at, uh, you know, who is actually deploying these private networks, it's it's almost always very large organizations. So think of large car companies like BMW and and Mercedes or or big manufacturers like Bosch. So so these are very large organizations. They they have a lot of money to spend uh, on on kind of advanced telecom solutions. They tend to have their own uh, internal networking teams. And and so they have experience of of deploying various uh, networks, be it cellular or Wi-Fi or others. So our expectation is is in 2023, in the short term, it's still going to be large organizations that are taking up private networks. But the total addressable market for private networks, in theory, is very, very large if they can access small and medium-sized enterprises. But to get to that stage, private networks, uh, the solutions provided by vendors and operators will have to be streamlined. It has to be easier to buy. At the moment, it tends to be very customized, you know, specific for these large organizations um, and these very large networks. The contracts for actual deployments are very large. But if we are to target the mass market, then suppliers are going to have to think about uh, different pricing models, different ways of packaging private networks so it's simpler, so it's more off the shelf. And and we are seeing a little bit of that. So, um, you know, there's a few providers like AWS, uh, Cisco launched a private 5G solution in 2022, which is sort of as a service pricing, so more OPEX based rather than, than the CapEx heavy models we've seen so far. And for the market to really progress and and, and, and reach those small and medium enterprises, uh, there's going to need to be simplification of the pricing, the complexity in general, and, and yeah, more of these OPEX as a service models. 
Okay. Okay, good. Let's get on to the, the last prediction then, which is talking about um, IoT M&A, something we've seen quite a lot of in the past few years, but something we expect to continue um, during this year. Yeah, so we saw a lot of activity, uh, as you said, in the last few years, but particularly in 2022. And, you know, despite what you said at the start about, you know, high inflation and high interest rates, that, that doesn't seem to have uh, dampened too much of the of the investment in M&A in the IoT sector. So we saw Semtech acquired Sierra Wireless uh, right at the end of 2022. That deal just concluded a couple of weeks ago. Um, and Unibis took ownership of Sigfox, which went into insolvency proceedings. And we think there's going to be lots of uh, other big deals in 2023. The main one people are going to keep an eye on is the, the planned spin out of Vodafone's IoT unit. Um, so we hear that it could be you know potentially billions of euros and and I think that's going to be sort of a case study which other operators would look at and think, you know, should we be doing the same thing in terms of spinning out an IoT unit, giving it more autonomy and, you know, having its own, uh, you know, profit and loss. And you, you can see specifically how the IoT unit is doing. So I think that's one where people would be following very closely. Um, and uh, we'll also see activity uh, away from the operators, more of the connectivity disruptors, larger MVNOs like Wireless Logic and Core. So they've been very, very active in the last few years in, in consolidating the market by acquiring some of these smaller players to build up their own scale. And we think there'll be a lot more of that. And we should also see operators themselves in, investing in some of these small players um, or, or indeed acquiring them uh, uh, wholesale like um, NTT has done with Transitel or KDDI has done with Soracom and that's to give these operators you know, capabilities or geographic reach that they don't have themselves um, and and yeah to kind of build their own capabilities in IoT. Yeah I mean I think it's interesting you said earlier that, that there still seems to be investor appetite for these kind of deals but clearly with higher interest rates we could see some, some of the drivers behind them changing if any of these companies have taken on much debt and that de debt gets much more expensive because of the higher interest rates we may say more M&A activity but for for different reasons with, with companies in, in trouble or, or, or needing to consolidate to uh, yeah get a better financial position so interesting to see what happens. As I said uh, earlier on, there's links. We'll put a link to this, the the main article in the notes for this podcast. And, and within that article, there are many more links to other piece, bits and pieces of research on all of the topics we've been talking about. Um, so thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Ibrahim. If you would like to receive more Analysis Mason podcasts, please subscribe in the uh, the usual podcast apps. Thank you very much.